Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and today it's you and me. Um, today we're actually talking about a topic that I'll, I'll come around to like how this topic came to fruition um, as an idea, but we're going to be talking about networking. Now, if you are a brand, if you're a student or a brand new startup, you're probably like, sweet, networking. Yep, I got some goods for you. If you are a more seasoned seasoned doc, then you may go like, oh, well, okay, hold on, because I've got lots of funny stories for you. And I think that I, I think you're just gonna have a good time. So don't worry, it's not just for startups. This is it's gonna be a fun conversation full of laughs. Um so let's see, updates. Uh, so about two months ago, I was talking to my therapist about what brings me joy. And she asked me this, and I was kind of annoyed because this isn't the first time that someone's asked me that. And I'm like, because Kirby will, and I'm like, I don't know, money. Um, is that an answer? And then Kirby will be like, it can be, but does making more money actually bring you joy? And I'm like, no, you're right, it doesn't. And I'm like, buying stuff? And he's like, same same answer. Like it can be, but does it? I'm like, well, okay. So she asked me and I like kind of rolled my eyes, just like, oh, this damn question again. Why does everybody think that? Well, it's because I actually don't know what brings me joy. Um, and we were talking about figuring out projects, um, like little things, because I was like, I asked her, I'm like, well, do you, can you answer that? And she then went on to list like 10 things off the top of her head that I was that's impressive that you were able to just do that, which I then ask you, can, can you guys do that? Could you just like right now, like pause this and list like 10 small things that bring you joy? Because if so, I think our brains work differently. But anyways, so one of the things she listed was like house projects. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to steal that. I like design. Like we just got done designing the Airbnb it brings a little bit of stress, but like, I, I really like that. And, you know, and we talked about just the intensity though, like where the stress comes from is like the timeline and how I tend to, when I get into a project, my relationships suffer. And she was like, well, what if you just, oh my God, she, 
she was telling me how she's painting her cabinets this weekend. And I was like, whoa, that's a huge project. And she's like, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to start them and I'm not so concerned about finishing them. And I will, you know, do, and I'm like, and I'm just like, go full on Enneagram three on her. Like, so are you going to, do you need to sand them first? Like what, what's your approach? Like, just, are you taking all the hinges off? Like, what are you doing? You know, are you doing new knobs? Um, and she's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll do what feels fun. And then if I need to set it down for a while and, and I'm like, huh, okay, well, that seems like one way to go about it. And so she kind of, I don't want to say challenged me because that's not her verbiage. Um, maybe if she did say stuff like that, it would spike my competition and I'd be like, yeah. Um, but she said like, you know, I encourage you to, you know, kind of casually work through a project instead of having this really aggressive timeline. And I was like, yeah, okay. In theory, that sounds like something I can do. And so about six weeks ago, I was like, you know what? Um, you know, we moved into our house 12 years ago, almost 13 years ago. Oh, actually, it's March. Yeah, uh, 13 years ago. And very little, I mean, I don't want to say very little has changed. A lot has changed. But after doing an Airbnb and you put so much thought into design, you kind of look at your house and you're like, huh, it's been a minute since I've really put much thought into designing this place. And so I'm like, all right, I am going to go about our master bedroom. So I started with just getting paint samples and I got seven different paint samples, um, accidentally spent like $60 on those tiny little jars of paint and put them up. And I was like, huh. And so then they sat there for weeks because I couldn't figure out which color I liked. And I ordered a new bed frame, like this big four poster bed, but you can't assemble that until you've painted. So in the entryway of my house for more than a month has sat a box with a bed frame in it. And I have just, now it hasn't been a normal month, to be honest. Like if I'm being fully transparent, you know, I'm beyond the concept of burning the candle at both ends. Like I have lit this candle in the middle of the freaking candle and every different way that you can light a candle on fire. But I've just been looking at these paint samples and this bed frame in my living room for the last six weeks, really, and just been like, Okay. And so now what has finally come is I called my mom and I said, can you please come up? We need to do the bedroom this Saturday. And so I tried, therapist, I tried to go about a project casually, but I didn't get anywhere. I was too lazy. So I have like zero to a hundred. And so this Saturday, we're just going to go full on old school, like knock this project out by Sunday afternoon. I'm going to have a beautiful new room. That's the plan. Anyways. Um, you know, but it's hard. I was also trying to explain this to her. If she understood the Enneagram, she would know, but she doesn't, that rest looks different for a three. Now, a lot of you, I've, I've kind of said that like a lot of you, because you own your own business, take a quiz and probably get typed as an Enneagram three. Um, so if what I'm about to say doesn't resonate, you might not be a three and that's okay. There are wonderful, there are eight other wonderful numbers. 
well, seven other wonderful, I'm just kidding. So I was explaining that rest can look, can be very confusing for a three because threes, when they're in a very, very unhealthy state, will go to the worst parts of nine. And nines can be very procrastinating and very nappy, like taking naps. And that's at their bad part, okay? Like not all nines are like that all the time. And so Kirby has learned over time that if I am falling asleep at seven o'clock on the couch, if I am going for a walk or like skipping workouts because like my body is just too tired and like doesn't need that high intensity, um, taking naps, some of those can be actually warning signs instead of like, oh, she's taking positive steps. You know, when we came back from Mexico, I don't know, a month ago, I didn't unpack my suitcase for two weeks. On the first week, I kind of said to Kirby, like, my God, you know, you unpacked yourself, you unpacked the girls, I haven't unpacked my stuff. And the first week it was like, oh, look at me being all like casual with a project. And then when it got, and Kirby's like, yeah, I'm kind of actually proud of you. But then when it was going on the second week, it was like, oh, are you okay? Like you're, are you like going to nine? And so it's just a struggle because it's a little more complicated with like, are you resting because you're prioritizing self-care or are you burning out and I'm like watching you fall and stumble at the finish line type of thing. So it's just, it's just all the things that you have to, you know, look at and consider as, um, as you learn yourself and you're trying to learn how to not get to that point. But yeah. Okay. So listener highlight, uh, this, I don't know for a fact who this is from, but I'm pretty sure I know. And this is called Celebrating This Podcast. It's five stars. And it's from CSON with season with two S's basically. And it says, as a newly retired chiropractor with 40 years of practice history, how I wish this type of shared community was available as I was learning the ins and outs of practice. What Dr. Lauren offers is a goldmine of true honesty, helpful guidance, and pure loving on those who wish to make a positive impact on our communities. Thank you, Dr. Lauren, for offering support to all, including new and seasoned practitioners and those like me who appreciate connecting with our sisters and some brothers in chiropractic. And so, I, like I said, I don't really know who this is, but I'm pretty sure I know. And she is such a wonderful supporter of the podcast. After my episode, our episode with Devin and Joey Vrana, uh, there's a part of that episode where I talked about struggling with the concept of like, is this my time? And if I don't maximize it now, like, will I still be as successful 10 years from now when I'm older? And, you know, and she just, she sent me the most lovely email, like four paragraphs long, so thoughtful and just kind. And so I just, I love our listeners so much. Um, I love how much bandwidth you give me to be vulnerable and honest and raw and fuck up. Oh my gosh. The number of times in a single episode that I probably say something wrong, could accidentally offend someone. Um, and so just thank you to all of our listeners for 
how much you, oh, it's getting cheesy. Ew, I'm starting to puke in my mouth. I hate when I do this, when I start getting all like open and then I'm like, oh, retreat, retreat. You're getting emotional. Um, anyways, thank you. You're cool. I appreciate how much you support me. There we go. Let's pray. And then I've got some like, I got some goods. I got some goods written down for you guys on networking. Let us pray. Breathe in. Calm down. How's your caffeine level? I'm still after like 200 plus episodes trying to figure out the like, how much caffeine do I need going into an episode? And sometimes I find myself like, whoops, too much. So let's breathe. Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunities that we have to connect with humans. Today, we're talking about networking. And you know me, God, I just put the selfish comedy ego, all of those things in my story and sharing my story and overcoming ego and all of that into this episode. But like, let us, before we go into the meat and potatoes of becoming better networkers, to realize that this is about human connection. That's what all of this is. This is what the the goal of life is. Is it connecting with another human, seeing them in their experience, not through your eyes, but trying to open up your heart and truly see them and not putting a narrative on them and just allowing them space to be validated and heard and how the different ways that we can show up in that human connection. And it's not always fixing them. Sometimes it's just being there and saying, I'm sorry, or that's really interesting and asking them questions and allowing them to process and fix. But like human connection at the core is what networking is, but it's what we do in our every single relationship in our life. And so let us just, as we dive into this topic, remember that become good at connecting with humans and your practices. You won't have to network a day in your life. You will grow and grow and grow. So in your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So how the heck did this idea come to fruition? So I got an email a couple months ago from somebody at my alma mater, Northwestern in Minneapolis, reaching out and saying like, hey, a couple of us listen to the podcast and like we've got this panel for career week and we thought you'd be great. Now, my initial reaction was, shoot, people at Northwestern who work for Northwestern listen and I like immediately am like going like, oh God, you know, like I, I you know, okay. I, I, as with every topic in life, have been extremely honest about my experience. And I was like, oh, you want me to come? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so I was a little nervous, like, oh, okay, I'm glad. Then, so I said yes without really knowing what, like, I'm sure she laid out, like, we'd like you to speak on this. But I did, I have very poor reading comprehension skills, okay? So unless an email is, like, highlighted, most of the time I'm just like, yeah, you want me to come this date? Yeah, I can do this. Sure. And so I say yes. So as it's getting closer, I start, you know, she sends like a follow-up email, like here's some pre-questions to be thinking about. And I'm like, okay, I have the bandwidth to like look a week out now. What am I actually, what did I commit to? And so I see like, oh, sure. It's a career week panel on networking. Okay, cool. 
sounds good. Didn't really think much about it. Like, yeah, I can, I can talk on that. Um, and so then I actually get there and I'm on a panel with a massage therapist and an acupuncturist, two very cool humans. I didn't know what I was expecting, like whether it was going to be other chiropractors, but I was like, oh, okay. So I'm the chiropractic aspect of this. And then I started to realize like, wow, so what is, what is networking? I'm like, huh? what am I going to say? Like, I'm literally in this room, like things about to start. And I'm like, okay, what are, I have gathered my thoughts about this. And the lady next to me, the acupuncturist pulled out like two or three pages of typed notes. Like she had, you know, the email that the, I told you the lady sent with like, here's some questions to think about. Well, she had actually thought about it and started like putting down notes. And, um, neither the acupuncturist or massage therapist had any idea like who I was, which is great. Like, I don't, it's not like I'm Joe Rogan over here. Okay. Like don't expect people to know who I am. And so the lady pulled out her notes and I was like, Oh damn, you got notes. Good for you. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And she turns to me and she goes like, how did she phrase it? But just like, Oh, you know what? Just speak from your heart and I'm sure you'll be fine. And I was just like, Oh, thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. It'll be fine. Yeah, whatever. It was just like this funny, like, oh, yeah. She doesn't know that, like, I get in front of a microphone and don't know what I'm going to say most of the time. Like, and like, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so then the very first question is asking from the, like, mediator, what is your definition of networking? And this is where it really sinks in of like, oh shit, I'm like here and words have to come out of my mouth. Um, what, what, I don't know what networking is. I haven't thought about networking. I am going into my 13th year practice. I started in 2010. Like, um, okay. So luckily I didn't go first. She didn't ask me to go first. And so the person without notes who was lovely and a massage therapist, uh, it had this great answer, just like this, like really well thought out, like answer about, um, how she views networking as like gathering resources. So like her pay, she can refer patients outward and like, da, 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 da. And I was just like, you know, she just had this like cool, calm, collected swagger. Uh, but it was very like patient focused. And meanwhile, in my head, I'm listening and I'm just thinking like, oh shit, I think I'm a bad person because that is not where I was going with networking. So then the mediator goes to me and she's like, okay, Lauren, what do you think? And I'm just like, um, okay, well, I guess I'll be honest. Like my definition of networking is finding people like is very selfish. It's very like, people who can help me. Like, what can you do for me? And having that relationship so when I need something, they do it. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I think it was honest. But, like, it is a very, like, now you helping me might be, oh, I have a patient who won't stop talking about their high arches and I don't give a rip about orthotics. I shouldn't say I don't give a rip about orthotics. Like I just don't do them. Um, and so like who is in my network that I can send them to so they stop talking to me about it. And they, and of course 
they feel better. Yes. But like, really, I'm like, I don't don't know what to tell you. Okay. So like, go talk to this person about your arches. So that helps me because they're happy and they stop talking to me about it. Um, There's also like just outside of our clinic, you know, the idea of relationships with bankers, with contractors, you know, people that I can call when I'm in a pickle and going, hey, buddy, uh, can you pull in a favor for me? So like networking, when I look at my course uh, that, you know, is just ended, I technically, I guess over the last few years, networked with multiple chiropractors that I could reach out to and say like, hey, can you do me a solid and record like a 20 to 30 minute training on this topic? And I had friends who were like, yeah, of course. Did I like network them? Like, no, not in the intentional standpoint, but like, I guess when you're thinking about it from a broader sense of like networking is going to a spinal screening and getting new patients, like that is all networking as in life. It's keeping that those relationships, whether they're actually friendships or just like business relationships, uh, people that you can turn to quickly when you're like, Hey, um, you know, during the whole pandemic shit, uh, there was this period where they were handing out PPP loans left and right. And like our bank was like, not, (laughs) We weren't getting one. And I had friends left and right being like, oh, we just got approved for 50,000, 100,000, all this stuff. And I'm like, um, and so like having a relationship where we quickly switched banks and, you know, got that, like, that was nice. There's all sorts of, so, you know, really broadening your perspective as to networking. Now I will air quotes network with our current patients. So it's that relationship building when we have a new patient who is the superintendent of the school. Um, And okay, anybody who's listening who is local, like I'm just throwing out random things. So I'm not giving away, you know, like if we are seeing the superintendent for a local school, okay, do I want them to have great results with chiropractic? Of course, I want every single patient to have great results with chiropractic. Do I want them to love our clinic? So like if I want to at some point you know, talk to the teachers about stress options, you know, things like that. Yeah. So like, do I foster that relationship with that patient? Maybe a little more than others. Yeah. Okay. Does that, you know, I should preface this, not pre- I should have prefaced this whole damn thing about talking about networking of like, I'm an Enneagram three. Hi, nice to meet you. Threes are big, uh, coattail people. Maybe that's like, we tend to invest time into relationships that will benefit us. So this entire episode is like, well, this is my opinion. Um, But if you are not a three, you might be like, oh my God, you self-centered bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're just getting a fresh perspective. So when, you know, the idea of elevator pitches came up in this, um, you know, one of the questions was, do you recommend that people have pre-rehearsed, memorized things? And um, again, luckily, I didn't have to go first on this one. And because, so the person with notes, oh my gosh. So she, it, 
these two people that I was on the panel with were just wonderful. I find that this has happened multiple times in life. It happened when I was at Mile High and I was on a panel with just like rock star women. Um, But I didn't expect it from these two because like, I don't know, neither of them are professional speakers. They don't have a podcast. You know, they were just like, air quotes, Joe Blows, you know, and I was just like really impressed with the quality of their answers. And so the person with pre-notes talked about how, you know, what her her, when she meets someone, how she describes what she does. Now, as she was describing what she does in me, now she sold it because that was her personality in me. I'm thinking, oh my God, there's no way I could say what she said to another human that I'm meeting. And so my, my perspective, uh, when it got to me to answer was I do I do recommend that you have written down and semi-memorized some key buzzwords that can describe something, okay? Like describe what you do. So there have been many a times, like I'll have um, my mother-in-law just asking like, so what's your course about? And I'll just be like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I like just kind of go in circles. Like it would probably have been a good idea for me to be able to describe what the course is in two sentences. But what's really important is if you are at home and can't memorize and rehearse your elevator pitch uh, without gagging, then you didn't find something authentic, okay? Your elevator pitch or your like two-sentence description of what you do should feel so personal to you. Like I think we get in this mindset of like listening to other people. Okay, here's the story. Nobody received any judgment here, okay? Like we're all friends. So I remember one time and I don't know who it was and I don't know where it was. It was years ago. But there was this dude on stage and he was talking about his elevator pitch. And he said, like, and he was very like, hoorah, rah, like, you need to have this. And he said, when I am on an airplane, when that person turns to you and says, what do you do? Like, you better, like, this is your moment to tell them about chiropractic. So when somebody turns to me and says, what do you do for a living? He goes, I tell them. I like change lives through the power of like chiropractic. Now, this guy, I'm sure he does say that and I'm sure he sells it. But I just remember this like visceral response of like, oh my God, I couldn't, I not I couldn't. I, it's not me. It is not me. That is too <sighs> cheesy for me. And we could have a whole therapy session about like, why is it cheesy, Lauren? Like, what is your like, because I don't want to, because I need to be a cool kid. Like, is that why? Anyways, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole of like, why? Ultimately, if without doing therapy, I have to find something that I can describe in my words. It can't be other people's words. And it's likely not going to be your vision and mission statement because that tends to get flowery, which is fine, which is totally fine. But like, be able to describe what your clinic is, what you do, make it stand out. But like, if you choke on the words at home, you're going to stumble when you are, you know, explaining to someone. 
Hi friends, I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to make sure you all know about the cool stuff we have happening over on Patreon. This is a platform where I can offer you extra content, behind the scenes interviews, quick trainings, and exclusive trainings answering your exact question live, back to back with me. It's a way for me to more directly interact with you and post some fun things that would never be in the normal weekly episodes. To check out what we're doing and to sign up, click the link in the show notes. Hey, She Slayers. I just wanted to take a moment to ask you, have you heard of PX? I don't know. Have I mentioned them before? (laughs) So they're practically everywhere these days. And I am so excited to have them as a sponsor on our show because they are on a mission that I can seriously get behind. So Dr. Tony and his team have designed a pediatric, prenatal, and family chiropractic training program that has online and live event training opportunities to learn step-by-step the science, clinical protocols, and business systems behind building a thriving pediatric and family chiropractic practice. Now, here's what's extra cool. It doesn't matter if you're a student, startup, or practicing chiropractor. I mean, I am a member and I've been in practice for over 12 years now. Each and every bit of their training is applicable to you and where you're at. I've been a part of PX for a while now, and I can say that there's no one better in the space to lead you and to lead this profession than Dr. Tony and his team. If you want to take your practice to the next level in serving more kiddos and families in your community, then you must check out PX. I will drop a link in the show notes so you can head over to thepediatricexperience.com and let them know She Slays the Podcast sent you there for a special little bonus. Hey, She Slayers. When I first started practice, I thought I needed to dress a certain way for patients to trust me and I spent hours trying to design communication and marketing materials that worked. After 12 years of practice, here's a couple things I've learned. One, I don't have to wear dress pants and button-ups for a patient to take me seriously. And two, why recreate the wheel when a design professional has already done all the work for me? Well-Aligned offers solutions in both of these categories. They have the coolest and most comfy chiropractic shirts that will showcase your personality, as well as beautifully designed communication and marketing tools to help drive new patients, get more referrals, and gain better retention in your practice. From the best chiropractic apparel to modern patient education materials, Well-Aligned has you covered. All She Slayers get 10% off plus free shipping on orders of $75 or more with promo code SHESLAYS. Visit www.wellaligned.com to save. I'd like to take a moment to thank one of our primary sponsors of the podcast, Insight CLA. The Insight tech moves the message off the spine and into the nervous system where the magic of the adjustments can be measured and tracked. Everyone from newborns to seniors are being scanned in my practice and in thousands of other practices like ours so they can be examined and inspired to choose chiropractic care. It's like an instant referral machine because the scans are so visible and informative. Like what patient wouldn't want to know how their nervous system is performing? The staff at CLA are ready to take care of you and answer any questions you may have. They also have an incredible online academy that can help train everyone in the office and help them to feel confident on how to get perfect scans and how to interpret the results. 
We have been using the Insight technology in our clinics for over seven years now, and it is a complete game changer for conversion, retention, and patient education. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. Now, the hardest part of why, and I think a lot of seasoned Kairos can really relate to what I'm about to say, I feel like the hardest part of networking is the worry of rejection, okay? So they, you might say like, oh, I feel like I'm selling and I don't want to have to sell chiropractic. I'm a doctor. Um, I shouldn't have to sell. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get that kind of, but like ultimately I think selling gets a really bad, a bad rap of like, why? What's so bad about selling? Call it, don't call it selling, calling it educating. Just because at the end, if you educate someone appropriately, you financially benefit. That's, that's the only difference between education and selling is like, yeah, at the end, like of the educational period, if I have something to sell them, then they can choose to buy it. Um, this is why I found for the first few years of practice, I was so much more comfortable talking and selling chiropractic when we were in a completely different town. When I was across the country meeting people, I had no problem just like being like, have you thought about chiropractic? Like, or like, I'm sorry, I overheard like you're, you know, whatever. Um, I had no problem being ballsy as F and just being like, have you thought about chiropractic? Cause chiropractic can yada, 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 because I didn't worry about being rejected there. I wasn't selling. I was only educating because at the end of those conversations, if they said like, wow, no, do you have a practice around here? I'd be like, no, my practice is 1500 miles away, but like, I can give you a website or two that you can find someone. I wasn't selling. I was only educating. So I started to realize, and also that idea of rejection wasn't really there because very, very rarely, very rarely is someone going to reject you in the moment? Like, that's not necessarily true. They will, but like in the scenario of I'm across the country and talking to someone, most people are just going to be like, oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for the advice. I'll have to look into that. And you're like, okay, whatever. Like you don't have that straight up rejection, but like if you're marketing in your town and you're doing a screening or an educational event, um, and you know, you're like, okay, who wants to sign up now? And it's crickets and nobody signs up. You feel that rejection. So, you know, it's really feeling like that authentic connection with someone of like focusing on the educational aspect. So there is this guy who I will have them put in the show notes um, if he if all of his YouTube stuff is still up. But he got famous a few years ago about um, he was doing like a year of like a hundred no's or like he was trying to get over his rejection. He had realized that so much of what was holding him back in life from being bold and like uh, saying yes to opportunities was the fear that someone was going to say no to him. And so he did, he recorded this and he would do just like absolutely outrageous things like he would go up to the counter at a fast food place after he had like bought a burger and soda 
uh, he would go up to the counter and say like, can I get a refill on my burger? Like basically asking for a second burger. Like he's going into that knowing that the person is going to say no. So like he set up this year of these things that would make my skin crawl because it's just so like, oh my God, like they're going to say no, but like, that's just how he got over it. And so this is where more seasoned Kairos aren't as nervous about like formal networking because it's like, we've been told no so many times that we're like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I'll get over it type of thing, you know? And so it's like in the beginning, that no feels like a big uh, attack on your ego that you didn't do a good job. You did your, and you know, and your brain just does crazy things where not only did you do a bad job of selling and communicating chiropractic, that probably means you're a terrible doctor. It probably means you have no right to be doing a business. Like your brain just goes in these wild things. Um, you know, you're never going to be able to grow your practice because like everyone's going to say no. And like you did all this and it's just these crazy things. And then like, once you've been in practice for years, you're like, oh yeah, actually a lot of people say yes. And so then when you have these bigger numbers to look at the percentage of people that say no, you know, you're like, eh, whatever. Some will, some won't. Does that mean that the rejection, like that I'm fully over rejection? Absolutely not. Every single time that a patient quits care, I deal with rejection and I don't deal with it well. Um, <laughs> thus, the story from a couple of weeks ago where I talk about, you know, that lady and her kid with tubes and yada, yada. Like I, I still deal with rejection, but when it comes to networking and trying to get my foot in the door places, not getting emails back, sorry, we're not interested. Like all of that stuff just doesn't tend to rattle me any anymore. So another part of networking is making sure that you are being authentic. So I, I said screen, I've said screenings, that word like multiple times so far. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've, I think I have done a screening. I think I'm not against screenings. They're not necessarily something that I'm drawn to, to doing like, so I don't seek out those opportunities. But I think that, you know, for me, I love talking to a group of people all at once. I love being able to have that more flowy communication of education because that's my personality. But some people, their personality is like, oh God, I don't want to do talks. That's okay. Maybe you do better one-on-one -on -one and a screening is your jam. So funny story about that has to do with a time where I was completely inauthentic. Because um, <laughs> so one of the questions was like, tell a story where networking went bad for you. And I was like, Oh, snap. So many stories. So there's like the little ones, like all the little errors that I made in the beginning of like, you know, I would be talking at a chamber lunch about our clinic and what we do. And after the lunch, even though I thought I did a real good job of talking about pediatric chiropractic and the nervous system, some person comes up to me and says like, yeah, so what do you know about knees? Knees. And for years I would be like, oh, chiropractic, you know, like get the sale, 
get the sale, like get them in the clinic as a new patient. And then like later they would come in as a new patient and I would know like, oh, they want me to like give them knee stuff and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk to them about balancing their pelvis and how that can have an indirect approach to their knee. But like, shoot, I took the yes and now I'm dealing with the consequences. So I tend to do that where I get the in and then I figure out the rest later. And I've realized like, oh, sometimes that really bites you in the ass. There was another time where I um, was like, you know what, you know, looking at our ideal population, who are we serving? Who are we not? We realized that like dental hygienists, you know what, like that is our target market, um, tend to be females, tend to be, you know, parents, they've got income, you know, that they can spend like yeah, we are not maximizing the dental hygienist. So I go to get my in and I send out like an opportunity where I will come, I'll bring lunch and I'll educate your dentist. I included like some stats on like how like, I don't know, occupational health stats on like how they get injured from their job and whatever. I, I did whatever I needed to do to get the person the office manager to bring it to the doctor and get the yes and say like, yeah, we'd love to have you come. All right. So I get the yes. So I show up with this plate of subs and, um, (laughs) I am realizing as I'm like preparing for them that like the yes I got was very based on musculoskeletal prevention of injury. And I don't know anything about this. So here I am doing this lunch and learn, talking about like, basically I showed up as a physical therapist. Then they're, and they're like asking questions about like, what can I do for the tightness in this? And I'm just like spewing out PT stuff. You know, they enjoyed it. They were very thankful that I brought them lunch and gave them stretches, but I walked away getting zero new patients and just being like, you loser. Like, you freaking loser, why did you get yourself into that situation? Like, mm, okay, I can see how that played out. Now, would I have gotten more no's if I would have approached it of like from a nervous system standpoint? Probably, but the yes I would have gotten, would I have been able to go in there and deliver on what I said I was going to come on talking about stress and nervous? Yes. Yeah, that would have been better. So, but the hard part is, and this is where this next point with networking is you need to balance that everyone is inherently selfish. Okay. So what I was doing was going like, what is something that I could say I could provide that they need that they, here's back up that they know they need. What can I teach them on that they would say, yes, I do need that. Now that's easy, hard. What I should have done, you know, is like, okay, what is something that I can provide to them that they may not necessarily know they need? Um, And I'm going to have to teach them is something that, that this is an answer to something they have. And that's hard, easy, right? So you have to balance, okay, what's my in? And what is a problem that they know they have that I know I can solve? And how do I pitch that to them? So no matter like whether you are looking to talk to students or schools, you know, anytime that like, what is the thing that they know they need? 
or that you can solve while being really authentic. So one way that a lot of new startups go about networking is they send out a bunch of letters, a bunch of emails and connect with, you know, try and connect with all the OBs, the midwives, the lactation consultants, the pelvic floor therapists, like all of the people that are like-minded to their specific, okay? So if like you run a different practice, you'd have different people, okay? But like, and how it usually goes is, hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I am a new business in town. This is my training. This is my specialty. These are the patients that I can help. If you have any patients that are dealing with X, Y, or Z, here are some coupons that you can give them to come give me their money. And I would love to get coffee with you so I can tell you more about what I do. Boo. Okay. I can tell you as someone who has an established practice, like most of these people are that you're reaching out to. Most of these people, most of these OBs are like, I don't need you. I don't need you. And I don't want to get coffee with you because I'm busy and I'm tired and I've got all the patients that I need right now. Like, nah, dog, you're not getting a response. So instead, we're going to pivot that. We are going to completely switch that around. And instead, you're going to reach out. And, you know, obviously you need to wait until your, your doors are open, you know, maybe at least a month. Um, before you do this approach, but that's okay. I think that waiting will get you more yeses than if you just send something out three months ahead of time um, before you even open. So instead, whenever possible, I like going like, hi, Dr. So-and-so. I'm Dr. So-and-so. Uh, I have a practice where I see a lot of patients that are current. Okay. So let's say this is a pelvic floor therapist that you're looking to like try and get them to send you their people. Like, hey, um, I'm so-and-so, I see a lot of prenatal patients in my clinic, and the adjustments are only getting us so far. I'm noticing a lot of patients have some special postpartum rehab care that I just don't have um, the education or the time or insert whatever to, you know, whatever you want to say here. And I think that they would probably really benefit from what you do. Would you be willing to meet with me to tell me more about how your company runs, what kind of patients you serve? I can just come to your clinic. You know, you, we don't have to meet for coffee or we can meet for coffee. I'd love to, but like, I can just meet you on your lunch hour sometime, but I would love to get some business cards and understand what kind of patients are ideal to refer to you. Okay. Which one do you think is getting a yes more often? So now here's what happens is you show up to that and you truly do learn about what patients you should refer to them. And you ask them questions about them. How long have you been doing this? Like, what have you learned from this community like really needs extra help in? And you ask them questions about them and their expertise and their training and their this. And you just bring this air of like, yeah, I see the same thing in my patients. Like, oh yeah, you might have four people that you are seeing right now because you opened, a, you know, whatever. But like you are bringing this like, okay, I love, I have, um, I definitely know that I, I feel really comfortable sending you patients. Let me have some business cards. Now here's what happens. That person because people are inherently selfish, 
you just connected with that human because you got them to talk about them. So even if you didn't really talk much about yourself, that person is walking away going on a subconscious level, that person's cool. I liked that chiropractor because people like talking about themselves. So if you just like got them to talk about themselves and like brag on themselves and you ask them questions, they're going to walk away being like, yeah, that was nice. I, I liked that person. So they're having a positive interaction. You don't really have to sell what you do. You just sold yourself by making them feel good about themselves. And then you're asking them for their stuff. So then there's like this reflex that happens where they go, yeah, here's some business cards and here, and like, you know, here's this. Well, do, do you have any business cards? Like, do you have any? Now you can do this as however you want. You can go like, oh yeah, yeah, here. Um, I like more depending on the quality, like you can just give them business cards. You know, you could say like, oh, um, I don't, but what I can do is I can drop off some like custom stuff for you, uh, next week. And like, you can just print a little Canva thing, pull their logo, make it very branded their way of like, you know, using their, and your logo's on there, but like create a referral card for them and drop it off next week. You know, like whatever. So like whatever feels best for you in that situation, you can just give them business cards or you can be like, oh, um, I don't, but like I can, I'll drop something off next week for you guys. And they're like, yeah, thank you so much. You know, so like that's how you put that opportunity on its head. And, you know, for those that have been in practice for a long time, like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe go do that. So ultimately, wherever you're at in practice, the phases of life and what networking's definition is, is going to look very different. In the beginning, you do need to do it all. Okay. You have more time than you have money and patience. And so you're doing the screenings as long as you're not bad at them because that is a waste of time. If you're bad at doing something, like don't waste your time doing it. Um, you know, you are reaching out, you are networking everywhere, like formal networking, informal networking, you're, you're doing them. But then as life starts to get busy, networking starts to shift and you really start to choose what fits into your life without draining it? You get to start and pick and choose what is networking look like to you? You know, maybe just joining the school board and being a normal human is networking. And you slip in, you know, yeah, you have this relationship with somebody for nine months because you've been on this board together. And then like you see your opportunity to be like, Oh, you get headaches? Oh my gosh. Why are you to call my office? Like that can be, you can be networking at the, you know, it kind of transitions from, oh, can I have a booth at, you know, the sign up day for the youth youth soccer in town to like, I am a coach of soccer and I have the parents meeting and I like, you get to have that freedom as you start going. So like all of that is networking and you need to also understand your personality. I have an I'm always on personality where I can be like Kirby and I'll joke that I will be kind of paying attention. I mean, obviously only kind of paying attention because if I hear other people's conversations, but like I will hear the word chiropractic or vaccine like in a separate conversation. And like, I like dart 
over like a, like, hold on. Like, I just get super shy. Like, wait, there's a, I'm like Batman where it's like somebody's talking about chiropractic or like headaches, like tubes, ear infections. There's like these words that I'll like hear and I'll be like, huh, what? Batman, I'm being called over here. And that's what I do. But some people listen when they're on the school board, they don't, they don't want to be multitasking. They don't want to be selling chiropractic. They just want to be there. They want to be the Girl Scout leader and not be um, be selling. I had a conversation. This is probably five years ago. So like, and a lot has changed in my spiritual life and practice since then. Um, but I was talking to another chiropractor in town and I don't know what we were talking about, but he said something about how he had like a youth meeting at the church tonight to talk about, uh, I forget what he said. It was something youth and churchy. And I said like, oh yeah. And to like share about chiropractic. And he said like, oh, the message I have for them is so much bigger than chiropractic. And it was like, oh shit, I just got schooled. Like, you know, he, no, he wasn't showing up as a Christian chiropractor. He was showing up as a Christian and like was not going to talk about chiropractic at all. And I don't know how I would have worked it in there, but you know, I would have. Um, well, actually, I do know how I would have like, you know, innate. Hello. Head down. Whatever. Anyways, being connected. So but it was just like people just have different personalities where it's like, no, no, no. I don't want to be worried when I'm at the Girl Scout troop meeting that I'm also their chiropractor. I don't want to have that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then like you just figuring out like that would drain you if you were constantly on. You just need to figure out what authentically works for you. When you are in your lane of what networking looks for, like for you, you will be so much more successful. When you are trying to network because that's what you told, like you showed up to this meeting because you have this ulterior agenda and like you really don't want to be there, but you have to say yes to everything because you're starting a practice you're going to watch your conversion be so much less. And so don't be afraid in the beginning to try things on. You may not know, like you actually really like the lunch and learns. Maybe you really like screenings. Maybe you like just being on the Rotary Club, whatever it is, you know, but like networking can be so small. I was doing Meals on Wheels this past week with um, someone that I'm in a group, like a volunteer group with. And at the end, she just said like, okay, I have to pick your brain. And and the next day she started, you know, she called the clinic and got on. Like that wasn't supposed to be a network. I didn't go into Meals on Wheels networking, but I showed up. I communicated the truth about chiropractic. Was I concerned? Like, I didn't know, like, do you have a chiropractor? Like you should go to a chiropractor. I don't care if it's me, but like, yeah, chiropractic can help that. Like, and so switching that in your head of like, you know, if you need to pretend I don't care if you go to me or not, but like you need chiropractic. That can be something that you can just like try on to give you a little false confidence until you're till that point. So uh, hopefully this was really helpful. Hopefully you laughed. Hopefully you cried. Um, and I just want you to know that you just continue to find your authentic voice within this profession. Continue to separate your ego and your identity from 
how good your chiropractic practice is, how big it is. Separate your self-worth from how good you are as a chiropractor. Like, can you hear that? Can you hear that you could be kind of a, a shitty clinic? <laughs> like, like maybe you're not making payroll. Like maybe you should just go associate and um, you're still a good chiropractor, but your self-worth was never even questioned. Like, can you hold on to that? Like maybe you're bad at marketing. Your self-worth isn't tested there. Like, so continue to find that like you were put on this earth for something and we chose chiropractic to help facilitate that, but it may not be like we all have very different purposes. So continue to just do the work, be vulnerable, stay open. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. I would love to hear your terrible networking stories. If you have like the equivalent of my dental hygienist story, send me a DM. I would love to hear them. Um, and uh, until next week, bye guys. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>